those type of things just really helped me lock in more than ever. It really doesn't matter, but uh, I've been as locked in as I've ever been in my career. Good morning, you beautiful people, cats, dogs, grandmas, grandpas, children of all ages. We are super excited to have you along once again for another episode of the Bad Beats Podcast. No, it's not Bad Beat Podcast 1. This is the Bad Beats Podcast. So make sure you got that written down somewhere because this is the greatest podcast on the planet. And I am joined here with my co-host, Spaz, who, as you guys remember from last episode, was doing all he could to get into the Final Four in Indiana with the Bad Beats credentials. Why don't you take the listeners through what happened to you, Spaz? Yes, I arrived in Indiana without even a game ticket. I just had my Bad Beats podcast media credentials. I saw Sister Jean, and I had a few harsh words for her saying, listen, bitch, you're (laughs) on your deathbed. I'm in my prime. Give me your ticket. Well, security (laughs) didn't like the way I talked to her. So long story short, I did not get to see the greatest Final Four game of all time, UCLA versus Gonzaga. Yeah, and that actually raises the question again. We got a lot to talk about here, ranging from every single sport, but that raises the question. I mean, personally, I think that was the worst. I think that was the worst Final Four game of all time because, again, it was. It just goes to show we were absolutely robbed of what could have been the greatest Final Four game of all time. But with the low capacity of fans, I just didn't like it. I think it took away from the game. Again, I hated. I thought it was the worst Final Four game of all time. But again, I digress. But we're we're super to have you. But we're super happy to have you back, Spaz. It's been a it's been a crazy week in sports. I'm actually sitting here right now in the den. I'm watching the Tigers and Twins, and I'm gonna kind of go on a little bit of a tangent here for a second before we really dive into the juicy stuff. And so, for everyone who follows us on Twitter at Lock In Bets, if you haven't done that already, and at Bad Beats Podcast, but we tweeted out the locks for today. And one of the locks was, oh, I thought he just ripped that one. One of the locks was the under for the Twins and Tigers, which was at nine. And so right now we're sitting here, it's three to three in the 10th inning. So obviously we had the right read on that one. We were, we were essentially correct on this one. But for the baseball fans out there, you know, this is the stupidest rule in all of sports is, you know, the, the extra inning rule where you put a runner on second. Because now, you know, again, we're sitting here at six runs. Now the Twins have runners at the corners, nobody out. We're going to get burned on this. We're, we're totally going to get burned on this. The over is totally going to hit, and we got fucked on it. But for the listeners who are listening to this right now, we, we essentially won this bet, not to boast. But, again, I, I digress even though more on that. But tell me about the championship games, Baz. I mean, you obviously watched it. I think everyone watched it. Everyone was embarrassed for Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Tell me a little bit about what happened. Well, we can't talk about the championship game without saying first, you finally suffered your first loss in 2020, 2021 professional sports. You said Illinois was going to win it all. I know that last uh, podcast you did predict Baylor, but originally coming into it, you had Illinois winning it all. So there. Hold, goes but your hold on a second. Hold on a second. And this is this. I want to clear my name here. I'm not going to get slandered here because I and I, I acknowledge this. I do not know anything about college. I, I can't predict the college ones. College ones are crazy. I don't claim to be the greatest of all time when it comes to college. What I do claim to be the greatest of all time in is is the professional leagues, you know, the big four, MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA. And I'm sticking to it. I'm going for my grand slam. But, you know, I appreciate the the dog there. You know, I appreciate you trying to come at me here live on the podcast. But, no, obviously I was more than wrong on who was going to win that one. 
Well, Baylor just crushed Gonzaga last night. They made Gonzaga look like a little league's basketball team. It was just not even close. Gonzaga was collapsing on defense. Baylor hit all their threes. It was probably by far the most boring national championship game I've ever seen. But anyone who took Gonzaga, I just don't understand their thought process. Maybe you should put a bullet in your head. Oh, big play at home. Yeah, and honestly, I, I think this is, I, you know, you, you raise a valid question, a valid point, too, and it's should Gonzaga ever be allowed into the into the tournament ever again? Personally, I say no, and I know I kind of called this to start. And, you know, the biggest thing for me is we were absolutely robbed of what could have been a great national championship with even UCLA. I think UCLA would have hung around in that game. You know, maybe the refs robbed UCLA in that Final Four game. I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, this is, this is disgusting to me. I mean, the NCAA really needs to evaluate what they're doing here. Personally, I think Gonzaga should no longer have be anything over a five seed. I mean, do you think that's a reasonable thing to say? That's very reasonable, especially with their dog shit conference. And what's even worse of a snub was the regular season. We were supposed to see a Baylor versus Gonzaga, but because of COVID, they got postponed. But I think if Baylor would have played them twice this year, they still would have blown them out each game by 20. Yeah, and you got to also, too, remember is, you know, let's say they did play this game. Obviously, Gonzaga is going to lose that game by 200 points. And then, you know, the people who are picking the rankings, they're like, okay, obviously, Gonzaga can't hang with the big dogs. We're going to give them a two seed, three seed, whatever it is. You know, this is just one of those things where it's, you know, you're playing third graders all year, and then you finally play a real team and you get housed. I just, I hate it. I hate it. And, you know, what's crazy to me, and you actually brought this to my attention, and it was two minutes after the championship had finished. You sent me the odds for next year. And of course I pull up the webpage and sitting right there at number one is Gonzaga. It's like, did he, did they not learn their lesson? I mean, maybe this is the classic bait and switch scenario for the gamblers out there, but let me just be the first one to say it. If you a bet Gonzaga minus four and a half yesterday, just turn the podcast off. Now you don't deserve to listen to this. And B, if you even think about betting Gonzaga plus 700 to win it next year, again, turn the podcast off. This isn't for brain dead idiots. This is for people who actually know a little bit about sports. So, uh, you know, it, it is kind of weird to see them, you know, re- leading the pack there at plus 700. But, I, I, you know, just asking you coming from my, my point of view here, who do you think is going to win this thing next year? We got a lot of good teams, a lot of good recruits coming in. Who do you got next year? Well, first, I want to say keeping that sentiment on betting Gonzaga next year, you would also be dumb as hell to bet Baylor, which is plus 2000 right now to win it all next year. Just super hard to repeat. And I think this Baylor team just got hot at the right time. But I really like as far as value goes, I like Florida State at plus 1400. They got a squad. Most of those guys are coming back. Uh, I also like Kansas plus 2500. Now, I know they were dog shit this year. Bill Self did sign that lifetime deal this weekend. I think he has something to prove, but it's just way too early. As long as you're not betting on Gonzaga or Baylor, I don't got a problem with who you pick. Yeah, and I agree. And I I do have to say this too, just with last year, and I know you weren't here for the podcast. You were obviously on your way to the final four, but I said it, I officially announced it. I actually was out digging the grave earlier. The big 10 is officially dead. So when I look here, you know, we have Michigan plus 1400, Ohio state plus 1600, just scratch those off the list. The big 10, like I said, it's dead. It's gone. They no longer have a heartbeat. They were on life support there for a while, but they're, they're, they're gone. Personally, I think Duke, it's going to be a great year for Duke. The blue doubles are back. The blue bloods are going to be back all year long. You know, we have Duke who again is a good team. Maybe they struggled this year with the COVID stuff and whatever it may be, but, you know, with this year, they're bringing in three top 20 recruits, all five-star recruits. 
And again, Coach K is coming back. And it's just, you know, he, he knows how to get this thing done. He's obviously a winner. He's a champion. And so I think Duke's going to win this thing again. That's Duke plus 2,500. Put your money on that. Even just throw something on it. I mean, the value's there. But that actually brings me to my next point. And that's, you know, the, the big guy. The big guy at UNC, he's gone. I mean, what, what do you make of that? Roy just, Williams officially gone. Obviously college basketball legend, but it just makes Coach A's job that much easier. Coach K has to not deal with UNC for now on. They do have a new coach, Hubert. Uh, I forget his last name. He's pretty, you know, very well respected. But the thing is, UNC was the most high-profiled opening position. They could have got anyone. Now, Indiana, they did it good with uh, Woodson. He was an alumni and a Knicks assistant coach. I think that's a good hire for Indiana. But UNC, I just don't know too much about this hire. I think they could have got anyone they wanted. And it is uh, just another shakeup, as we saw Chris Beard go, Shaka Smart go. It's going to be a very weird season next year. And not only for UNC because they don't have a coach, but because I wanted to discuss the new wave. And what I'm talking about is this is the most transfers we've ever seen in the portal. Now, transfers have really been picking up the last five years. A lot of these young guys, now I try to, I'm not trying to sound like an old, you know, hating guy, but uh, <laughs> all these young guys just give up on their team. I like when you would see a guy stay with his college for four years. So you'd kind of get to his know his name, but the average trend uh, the average school had lost 2.3 basketball players in the past uh two years to transfers the transfer portal well this year they have about 3.1 transfers per team in basketball alone. so it's just insane that all these guys are giving up on their team hopefully unc doesn't have too many guys transferring there's a train outside actually uh so pissed <laughs> off <'cause> that's, <laughs> is, are you on that train dude that thing is roaring at you i think it knows you're on a podcast right now that thing is roaring at you yeah it's, it's headed to north carolina they wanted to see if they would pick me up because you know maybe i can talk some sense into unc but in all seriousness i am actually very worried for unc i think they're on the decline i think it's gonna be a couple years till they're back yeah and i, I would have to agree with you and honestly that's a great point about, about the transfers. I never really thought about it. I never really took a step back and actually thought about how many people are transferring. And it's just so weird to me. You know, when you think about why a player can transfer, usually it's for a legitimate reason, whether it be medical or location or family or anything. And, you know, now we have, even in college football too, we have these players. It's like, oh, well, I'm probably going to get less playing time or I'm probably going to do this or I, maybe I'll do better over here. I mean, whatever it is. And they just jump into the transfer portal. I mean, who's allowing this to even happen? It's pretty bizarre to me that, you know, you're seeing all these players transfer. And it's, it's almost becoming like a professional league in the sense of, you know, getting traded or demanding was, a trade. So I was it's, just it's gonna, so weird. I was just going to say, it's kind of like how the NBA players are all over the place now. But not only players, you got analysts. I mean, you saw what happened with Paul Pierce. That's absolutely disgraceful. Fire from ESPN. He was wilding out on Instagram Live. <laughs> and the thing is, the funniest part about it all, he had at most 600 viewers on his live. So he gave up his multi-million dollar job to act a fool in front of 600 people. But I do not <laughs> agree with ESPN firing him. It's not like he was doing it and, you know, saying, hey, this he wasn't name dropping ESPN during the video. And also it's on that man's own time. You can't fire someone for what they do in their personal life. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. I actually I think this is a big win for Paul Pierce. I mean, if you saw the video, I mean, the guy is clearly catching W's. And so I think this is a huge win for Paul Pierce. But again, you got to you got to wonder what is going through the guy's head. 
you know, at the end of the day, he is a public figure. And I mean, yeah, he's just absolutely wild and out on the live. You know, I, I, my question is, do you think this was intentional or do you think this was just like an accidental thing that he didn't mean to happen? I mean, what do you, what do you think transpired here? No, there's no way this was an accident. He knew exactly what he was doing when he went live. And, you know, maybe he was just tired of working. Honestly, he, I saw nothing wrong with it. He had, I'll just say escorts to be politically correct. It looked like, <laughs> and he was smoking big blunts. I got nothing wrong with it, but you have to know when you're doing that, that you're at risk of losing your employment. Yeah. And especially, you know, again, I, I don't think he should have been fired from ESPN, but at the same time, he's going to find a job. Paul Pierce, I'm calling you out right now. If you are listening to this and if, if you guys are listening to this too, tag Paul Pierce in the podcast, do whatever you can. We want Paul Pierce to join the team. I mean, how sick would that be? <laughs> Could you imagine we get Paul Pierce on the team? So Paul Pierce, if this does get back to you somehow, some way, come on, dude, just at least jump on the podcast for an episode. Talk to us a little bit about you know, what's going on. Maybe not the, the best background to have for, for the recruitment <laughs> here, if you guys are watching the video. But um, yeah, Paul Pierce, come on, come on, come on the podcast, talk about what happened. We love you. Maybe join the squad here. We'd, we'd love to have, uh, you know, players, ex-players that are, you know, maybe, maybe the greatest players of all time. I'm not going to get into that, obviously. But um, Spaz, I wanted to ask you just obviously you're the NBA guy here. Tell me what's going on with everybody in the league. I mean, I, again, I, I don't follow the NBA religiously like I do most other sports, but it seems to be every single person in this league is hurt right now. You know, we have Durant. I think Kyrie's hurt. I think Harden's hurt. LeBron's obviously hurt. LaMelo went down. AD, I mean, what the heck's going on? Joel Embiid's also hurt. And I called this from the beginning of the season. It does not take a rocket science to figure this out. It had the shortest break in a professional sports league in over 120 years from the championship to the beginning of the season. It was about two months and four days from the finals to the first day of the regular season. And it just didn't give these guys enough time to rest their bodies. And normally I'm the guy who shits all over load management. And I think it's a disgrace, but this year I, I'm all for load management. These guys need to stay safe and take care of their bodies. And I just hope None of them get rushed back. My biggest fear was Joel Embiid because I believe that Doc Rivers is an incompetent coach, and I was just scared he was going to rush Joel Embiid back. It does not look like he's going to. But you're you're going to see more injuries with a shorter offseason, and that's with any sports league. It's nothing to worry about long term. Yeah, and so that, that is a good point. I mean, do you, let me ask you this. You know, we we were high on the, on the Lakers all year long. We were always, hey, you know, Lakers are going to run away with this thing. I mean, do you think they're going to be healthy in time for the playoffs? Do you think they can even stay healthy during the playoffs to win this championship, especially with a dangerous Nets team? Yeah, they'll, they'll be healthy. AD and LeBron know that they got to rest their bodies. And once playoff comes, I know that's not like a broken record, but regular season doesn't matter. Playoffs is a whole different animal. But I, I think Nets beat this Lakers team this year, especially with the addition of Marcus Aldridge. And everyone was so high on the Lakers getting Andre Drummond, a guy I previously predicted would go to the Nets. But – Andre Drummond in that first game got locked the fuck up and he just does not look like, you know, the same Andre we all assumed he was going to be. But that could also just be because he's new to the Lakers system. Maybe he had a bad night. But if Andre Drummond could step up and take some load off of AD, this Lakers team is very dangerous. Yeah, and I would have to agree again. Anytime LeBron, a healthy LeBron, even a somewhat healthy LeBron can sneak into the playoffs, it's, you know, it's, it's a dangerous thing to see. Obviously, watch out. Uh, you know, we saw what he did last year and really any time that he even plays in the playoffs, he's just an animal. But I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit here. 
and talk about, I mean, obviously we're, we're talking about injuries here, but I wanted to talk a little bit about baseball and the big one coming out of San Diego, we got Tatis Jr. He's going to be out for what's looking like an extended period of time. There, there is an official name for the injury. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but essentially what it is, it's a, it's a partial shoulder dislocation. And as you know, the big Tatis lovers out there, you know, I hate you if you are a Tatis lover, he's a bum. But anyways, he, he, you know, he's had this issue. He's had a shoulder issue. And this kind of makes me, I was actually debating whether having this guy the LaFleur of the week, but I wanted to show a little bit of class and not made it make an injured guy the LaFleur of the week. <laughs> but if you watch his injury, again, the guy's got a bum shoulder and he takes an absolute swing at this pitch and just completely whiffs, blows his shoulder out. I mean, again, you got a bad shoulder. You can't be taking swings like that. I mean, you really got to dial it back until you're feeling better. But again, Tatis is going to be out for what's looking like four to six weeks minimum. And he's possibly going to need surgery. You know, it's still obviously early to tell for that. This injury did just happen about a little less than 24 hours ago. But again, this this makes me ask the question is, is Tatis Jr. ever going to be the same baseball player? I mean, this guy's locked up for, I believe, the contract was something like 14 years, some outrageous amount of money. And this is, again, why it just goes to show you don't put 14-year contracts on a player who hasn't even played 162 games. So, you know, again, we're obviously just going to see how that goes. But I know you wanted to talk a lot about baseball, so I'm just going to pass it over to you. I know you had maybe a rant or whatever it was. You didn't give me too much context, so I'm just going to pass it over to you and tell me what, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I got a massive rant about baseball. And for those of you guys who do not know me, I I hate baseball. And the main reason was because Bud Selig ruined it for me. Thank God he's gone. But I have three major problems with baseball. I'm going to tackle them. One, the COVID hypocrisy. And you could say this is for all sports. But Justin Turner, for example, the Dodgers player in the World Series, I believe that was game seven, had COVID and could still play. They kept it under the radar. And then now with Nationals players getting it the day before regular season, it just seems like there's no standard for how to deal with COVID because I understand it's the World Series and everything, but I just want to see some standard rule about how to handle COVID because it seems like if it's a star player, it doesn't matter. If it's some bum-ass team, they get the hammer. And it, it, the problem with baseball on top of COVID is how are you going to keep the regular season where – it's on track to finish on time and as well as not make these guys play double headers all the time. My second argument with why baseball is garbage, and it's the dumbest rule in sports. This thing makes my blood boil. And yes, I'm talking about the MLB blackout. If you guys have MLB TV, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. How is it that you can't watch your home team, but you can watch all 29 other teams? That makes baseball lame as hell to me. If I want to watch baseball, I want to watch my team. So why, why is blackout rule a thing on MLB TV or even the local Fox Sports channels? You can almost never watch your team. I just think it's so stupid, especially where a year like this where they don't have 100% capacity at all the ballparks. And if I want to watch my team, I can't. And my th one of my other biggest problems is how Castellanos got screwed. I'm just going to say it. And uh, I don't know too much about baseball, but for those of you guys who saw it, you know what I'm talking about. Nick Castellanos got suspended for yelling. He got suspended for two games for yelling while the 2017 Astros lineup got zero games when they stole an entire fucking championship. That is just wild to me. Yeah. 
And I mean, again, I, obviously, as the listeners know, baseball is my sport. I love baseball. But you bring up very three very valid points. Um, the big one, obviously, you know, that's going on right now is the Castellano suspension, you know, out two games for really essentially just kind of yelling at, at the pitcher who, you know, again, kind of, kind of landed on his back. It didn't look like a fun time if you're Castellanos, but you cannot suspend this guy regardless of what's going on. Obviously, you remember last year when Joe Kelly threw with the threw with the Astros, made the funny face, got suspended six games. And then again, yeah, you know, you have the Astros who essentially, you know, they, they didn't go unpunished. You know, they, they lost their manager for the year and I ended up firing him. But you have the players who contributed. They did nothing. They got no, no sort, but no sort of, no sort of penalty. And it is kind of disgusting. And and I again, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. But overall, baseball is still the greatest sport of all time. You know, I could, I could have a laundry well, list of things no, about other no, sports. No, no, Let me, let me get to the biggest point yet. And this is arguably the biggest scandal I've seen in sports history. I'm not talking about the Astros cheating. I'm talking about the bullshit with the all-star game in Atlanta being moved. MLB is a fucking joke. They're going to piss off all their fans. Call call the, the bill in Georgia that got passed to take away uh, cheating votes, you know, racist or not. I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say is the all-star game moved from Atlanta because the state passed a law saying you need an ID to vote. Now, riddle me this. You need an ID for almost everything in this country except for voting. You need it for driving, flying, to smoke, to drink, even to buy cough medicine. Why would we not need it for votes? On top of that, you need an ID to pick up a baseball ticket from the will call section. But baseball, of course, doesn't want to be seen as racist or anything. Now, let me break down that point. The majority of Black residents of Georgia voted for the law that got passed that says you need an ID to vote, which I, I can't believe we're even having this discussion. But on top of that, baseball is not just, you know, trying to be woke. They are taking away the opportunity for several black people in Atlanta. And I'm talking about the stadium employees, the black owned businesses around the uh, stadium, the black employees in the surrounding areas that are going to lose income because now there's not tourists coming to Atlanta for the all-star game. Yeah. And it is, it's a really bizarre situation. I mean, they're definitely if that is their motive, and I'm not going to get into crazy conspiracies here, but let's say that is their motive, you know, they are going to, they're, they're going to face that repercussion of obviously actually taking more money and taking away what they're actually really doing for this, for the state. So at the end of the day, they're really not helping Atlanta. They're not helping Georgia by any means. They're just making things worse. But I, I have a different point of view on this. I actually think this is, it's less than it is about, you know, the election. Obviously that's their reasoning. But I think this is they just wanted to get the all-star game out to Colorado. You know, when we look at the capacity of what Colorado's having in those stadiums, they're going to be able to sell more tickets. They're going to be able to put more uh, fans in the seats. And then not only that, but everybody knows at, at Coors Field, you know, it's a mile high up. The air is thin. The ball flies. I'm, I'm incredibly excited for a home run derby at Coors Field. Are you kidding me? I know a bunch of other people are going to be as well. So, again, maybe this was a little bit less about you know, the political aspects of things. And again, we're not a political podcast here. We're not going to get too far into that. But I think this is maybe more about the entertainment, maybe more about the money for the MLB. At least that's what I hope, because again, I love the MLB. I don't exactly think that's a great move on what they did. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. But, I, you know, who knows? Maybe this is there's a little bit more behind it than, than there actually is. But I'm excited for it. I, I'm Like I said, a home run derby at Coors Field, you're a mile up. That's, I mean, people are going to be hitting bombs 500 feet. So I'm excited for it regardless. 
Sounds great. I mean, the real winners of everyone in this baseball season is those who do not watch it because you're saving time from <laughs> watching a boring and dreadful sport. The only thing I found interesting about baseball, and you know more than I do, was the Angels. They threw a trash can on the field. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's see that that's the great thing about baseball is, you know, there's just constant taunting and trolling like you're not going to see that in basketball. Maybe you'll see it a little bit in the NFL, you know, with with some of those rowdy fans. But, you know, this is one of the great aspects about baseball. You know, they, they just don't care. They're all, you know, huge trolls. I mean, you look at it, too. A lot of these are day games. You know, why aren't these guys at work at a 1 p.m. on a Thursday? And it's because they're just degenerates. They're de degenerates like you and I. They're here betting games or throwing trash cans out just to mock teams. That's why baseball is the greatest sport of all time. Fair enough. Disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> but as far as the NFL, we saw pretty wild trade with Sam Darnold going to the Panthers. It was for a six-rounder this year and a second and fourth next year. What do you think about that trade? Yeah, this was – see, to me, this is a trade I really could give two shits about because I actually like Sam Darnold. I think he's a good quarterback. He just obviously was surrounded by the worst team of all time. And to get, you know, essentially Sam Darnold for a six-rounder this year and then next year a second and a fourth, I think I, – I do think the Panthers won this thing. But, again, you know, Panthers still suck too. So, this to me, this was really a mute trade. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of Jets fans, they're not happy about this. They like Sam Darnold. And especially, again, with the, the meltdown where they couldn't get Trevor Lawrence, obviously they're going to go after a quarterback now, but obviously not getting Trevor Lawrence. It's like, okay, well, what, what are we really doing here in New York? What about you? I mean, who do you think won this one? It's going to be one of those trades where we just have to wait and see. I do think uh, the Jets won just because the amount they got back. I don't think Sam Darnold's a bad uh, quarterback at all. I just think Jets are going to jet. Yeah, which is, again, super valid point. But, again, I think we're, you know, when you look at really from, from an outside point of view, we are the farthest we could possibly be on either end of the spectrum from, from football. I mean, well, probably I, maybe another month or two, but it's getting to that point where it's like, I don't even remember what football looks like. I don't even remember, you know, who's on what team. It's just kind of that time of year, you know, you just forget about football for a little bit. So it's kind of a weird time in that. But an exciting time for the golf lovers. I know you're probably going to fall asleep here on this one, but we have the Masters. You know, we have the Masters. Today is Tuesday. We have the Masters starting on Thursday. And boy, oh boy, do I have some bets for you guys. And I want to run through this just real quickly. But again, if you don't catch these, if you're not listening, and that is a walk-off for the Tigers. Let's fucking go, baby. That's four to three. That's a lock. That under, and it, dude, that's the rookie too. This guy's a stud. Anyways. That's a lock, by the way. So follow us on Twitter at Lock in Bets. We just hammered that one. Um, anyway, so Masters Bets. I'm just going to go through a few of them here. Again, if you don't get these on the podcast, make sure to follow us on at Lock in Bets. But just a couple that are absolute money to me and make no sense how these are even on the board is the first one is Dustin Johnson, the reigning Masters Championship, and the, in my opinion, the best player on the planet right now. Just for him to finish top 10 is going to be a minus 120 bet. And then for Xander Shoffley, for a top 20 finish, that's going to be a minus 135. And then Finau top 20 is going to be a plus 110. So those are just kind of some quick ones just to throw, just throw some money on it. You know, not, not insane value, but one, this is the rent money lock of the week. And it's Francesco Molinari making the cut, which is obviously going to happen. The guy almost fucking won it two years ago at minus 190. So obviously the guy's going to make the cut and minus 190 throw a couple G's on this thing, make a couple grand back. I mean, this is rent money lock 
of the century, if you ask me. But another one of my favorite ones, and for the longtime viewers, longtime followers, you know, we're going back with what we had last year, the no hole in ones. Obviously, that hit last year. Yes, we're sir. going back with it this year. No hole in ones plus one thirty. Hammer that. Uh, and then and then one I kind of wanted to throw out there too. I saw on a website. I don't know how legit this is. There's no way this is legit. But it says for Tiger to drive off the road at minus 120. <laughs> I mean, is this a real bet? If it is, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking the minus 120 because he's going to drive off the road. But no way this is a real bet, right? Yeah, I parlayed that with the police not telling the public why he drove off the road. <laughs> and, you know, any Dude. other guy, any other person, you or me drives off the road, it's going to be in the news exactly what caused it. But when you have such money like Tiger, that fuck you money, he can make anything disappear. But this is like the third time he drove off the road. Dude, we know it's drugs. We know it's the hookers. Just get a damn driver. You're that yeah. rich. Yeah, and it also, too, it's just like, just tell us. Just let, let the public know what's going on. I mean, the police even said, they said, you know, they're, they're not going to release it due to, due to privacy and stuff like that. It's like, well, if it was just normal speeding, they would easily release it because there's no privacy really involved. But anyways, I, you know, I'm probably going to hammer that bet. But that's all I got. That's all I got for today. That's all I got for the Masters. Super excited for that. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, so we had a guy slide into our DMs and ask why we were not talking about the Deshaun Watson situation. Just know we will get to that. We were kind of waiting for more facts to get out. I don't want to be the guy who judges someone off of allegations. I like to wait until the court plays it out. But we will get to that. And uh, I wanted to ask you if you had a LaFleur of the week. Yeah, of course. And this is, you know, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier in the week or in the podcast, but my LaFleur of the week is anybody who even thought or even had to had a grain in their head that thought they want to take Gonzaga minus four and a half. If that's you, you are my LaFleur of the week. What about you? Mine is definitely the Vancouver Canucks. And while it is not necessarily their fault, you could argue it is. They have 17 players that have COVID. Like, What the fuck's going on? That's one <laughs> player for each Buffalo Sabres loss in a row. And it's just <laughs> insane. Like, I know you can't necessarily control it all the time, but 17, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Does, it, and this does is, anyone uh, in Canada wash their hands? <laughs> yeah, this is a really interesting thing. And it's, you know, you're like, oh, you know, this isn't really something you control. This is bullshit. I mean, you have 17 of your players have this thing. I mean, seriously, what are you guys doing in the locker room, kissing each other? <laughs> I, I don't know what those Canadian teams do up north. I know up north it gets a little wild up there. But seriously, wash your hands, guys. I mean, 17 players all at the same time with COVID, that is brutal. That is absolutely brutal. But other than that, again, that's all I got for us today. Super excited to have you back, Spaz. You know, hopefully, you know, we can we can hit some of these Masters props. Hopefully we can really have a good week with some of our locks. And, you know, we, we look forward to seeing you guys on Friday. We want to get back to the two podcast a week format. We know you guys love that. So we want to try to get back to that. But other than that, is there anything you wanted to say to, to lead us out here today? Yeah, congratulations to our bracket challenge winner as he did claim the $50 prize and stay tuned for more giveaways. Yep, congratulations on that. Other than that, guys, peace out. Make sure to hammer those master props and follow us on Twitter at Lock in Bets, at Bad Beats Podcast. And we look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Peace out. Peace.